In this episode of The Table of Content, we have Asher Yachts and Michaela Kruzweiser joining us for this session, where we will talk about some of WAOB Audio Theater's virtual productions that they have been working on. We hope that you can tune in to hear more about how it's been participating in a virtual production. That's all coming up next. Stay tuned. Thanks so much for tuning in to the table of content. I am your host, Albert Sines. This is the show where we talk about everything cool, hip, new, awesome happening with We Are One Body Audio Theater. And we are pleased to have joining us uh, Asher Yachts and Michaela Kruzweiser. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Thank you for having me. Very welcome. Thank you for having us. You're so welcome. It's nice to get kind of a a Double whammy, I guess, if you will. Um, uh, but we've been doing a lot of singles so far, but this is kind of the first one where we have more than one person joining us, but hopefully we'll kind of spread out and branch out. Uh, I want to I wanna tell everyone kind of a disclaimer. We're sort of in the midst of still this ongoing uh, COVID-19 pandemic. So we're recording remotely in everyone's respective locations. So we kind of give an open ticket for any extra sounds that you may hear, whether it's uh, phones like my own that went off or uh, pets, cats meowing, dogs barking, children crying, doors slamming. So uh, we continue through this as best we can. But let's get into it. Uh, We're going to go ladies first. Michaela, Tell me a little bit about your background and how you ended up here. Well, I'm from Canfield, Ohio. After I graduated from Ursuline High School in 2015, I took a gap year to work and do some acting at local community theaters. And then I started uh, college at St. Vincent College in Latrobe, PA. I went there for uh, four years. Um, My freshman year, I submitted a poem and a short story to our on-campus literary magazine called Generation. And then uh, this past fall, I was contacted by We Are One Body Audio Theater, and they wanted to uh, produce it as an audio recording. And I gave my and I signed the rights for that. I was okay with that. And then uh, a couple weeks ago, I played the role of Jane Stockton in We Are One Body Audio Theater's uh, audio play adaptation of G.K. Chesterton's Father Brown in the Eye of Apollo. That was a great synopsis. I think that's been one of the shortest synopsises of my life from then to now that I've heard so far in all the episodes. Um, <laughs> uh, so quick question, Michaela, before I toss it over to Asher. Uh, writing, is that a passion, a desire, just a thing you do on the side? Oh, it's a definitely a passion of mine. It was my major at St. Vincent. Uh, I had a concentration in creative writing. And after another gap year, I am going to attempt graduate school with a focus in playwriting and screenwriting. So I definitely say it's a main passion of mine. Wow. And your goal would be what? I would like to become a screenwriter. <laughs> Very, very nice. A movie person, huh? Definitely. I I love movies very much so. Good. Someone after my own loves and passions. (laughs) Asher, what do you got? What's your background? And how'd you end up where you are right now with audio theater? I have to follow that up. So let's see how it goes. Uh, (laughs) 
Uh, starting out when I was about 15, I started to really get into Japanese animation of anime and start to actually do cosplay and go to anime conventions. And then it turns out I realized that people behind the voices were acting. I'm like, wait, I can do this as a job. So I kicked it into high gear and decided to move to Vancouver, British Columbia, where I studied at Vancouver Film School, where I have a degree in acting for TV and film. Uh, along with that, I dabbled in a little bit of uh, voiceovers. Um, I moved back to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I, I am right now. And I uh, was on a few forums and a few casting websites where I saw We Are One Body Audio Theater casting for a fantasy short series where I give them an email. They contact me back. I went in uh, planning to audition for three characters. I actually stayed for about an hour and a half, two hours, where they gave me about another six or so characters to audition for. And since then, I've worked on their adaptation of uh, Sherlock Holmes and Alice in Wonderland as the ra White Rabbit, the Caterpillar, and the Grand Duke. And I've worked with them a few other things, and I'm, it's been a fantastic working with them. I absolutely love it. Super. Uh, okay, so, Asher, I, I, I'm really interested, obviously, in the audio theater portion, but I heard you say something that caught my attention I followed in a younger life, in a different life, I followed anime in a very strong way. So I've got to find out, what's your favorite anime movie or series? Oh, no, that's a difficult No, come on. Ask. There's you, so many. You got to give me one. <laughs> give me one. Okay. I, I will say the main one that I uh, associate with would be Full Metal Panic, because uh, I'm pretty much the main character in it, except <laughs> I can socialize better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, let me... Let me let's brought, let's jump into the audio theater section. Um, Asher, you've got two under your belt. You've got Alice in Wonderland, which I saw most of, and you were the the caterpillar and the March Hare or the Mad Hatter. I forgot what the second character was. I was the White Rabbit. You were the White Rabbit. Okay. Yes. The White Rabbit and the Caterpillar, and I couldn't help but feel like the Caterpillar. You reached right into Disney's movie vault and pulled the voice kind of right out. <laughs> yeah, I took some inspiration with that. Um, the voice I actually auditioned for it was a voice they wanted me to use for something else. They're like, uh, this was the voice I used for Keshire Cat, actually, when I auditioned. Um, and they're like, well, I really want that just annoyance, just the deep resonance from kind of like the Disney evil character. So I'm like, okay, right, I can do right. that. Okay, well, that... that that makes sense. I, I think it was great. It was definitely a great uh, voice you. that you used. I could see how it could transition into something a bit more evil and sinister. Um, <laughs> and then I was told for Sherlock, uh, because I didn't get to watch that one, I was told that you had to learn German. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. Um, they wanted it to be a German accent because he's the Grand Duke and he is a Javan. And um, German's a very difficult accent for me to do, especially with the R's. Mm -hmm. So um, I dug deep into that and actually started to learn German. Um, started to figure out a few words, try to learn where their the mouth moves, the consonants that they use. And I'm not sure how well I hit it, but it was definitely such an enjoyment to learn and to actually stress test my accent level. Michaela, have you spoken German before? Uh, I have not taken German, no. <laughs> uh, my dad's technically adopted into a family that's German. I don't know how much that counts. Probably not. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but no, I am not fluent in German. I never took it as a language course. They didn't offer it at my high school. It was just French and Spanish and uh, Italian. So It's okay. It's good. You can work on your Italian accent. Wait for the next virtual production that needs a good Italian. 
I actually took French in high school. Or French. <laughs> Your choice is great. Uh, now, Michaela. Oh, go, go ahead, Asher. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, I'm actually better at my Japanese than I am in German. Oh. Oh, nice. Do you speak any yeah. Chinese, like Cantonese? I can't do any Chinese or Cantonese. I can only do uh, some basic conversational Japanese, like um, would be a... Uh, Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't speak a lot of Cantonese. I do basic phrases. I understand a lot more. My mom, my mom is actually from Hong Kong, so I understand a lot more than I speak. Super. Now, Michaela, uh, you have done the Father Brown mystery, the Eye of Apollo, and uh, I was informed that your sort of big necessity was that you had to be sad the whole time. <laughs> yes. Uh, my character, she's mainly reacting to everything that's going on, the death of her sister in the story. And then the latter half, when Father Brown is figuring out the mystery and everything that's going on, she's on camera the entire time. Yeah. So obviously you can't have her just be like, oh yeah, I'm a casual <laughs> bystander because her sister was just killed. So I had to remain on camera, but I also had to stay in character, reacting realistically how a person would after being told that you know their loved one just died tragically. So I spent a lot of my camera time uh, in shock and uh, reacting very emotionally to what was going on to the point that Gretelyn Darkey, the director, after every after a couple of the uh, the rehearsals, when we were just talking normally, she was she said at one point, you know, it's amazing to see Michaela smiling because we see her so sad the entire rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, So I, I think sadness is one of those emotions like it's it can be hard to maintain sadness when you want to be the opposite, like your, your, your interior, your personality, your, your own emotions are inclined to want to be happy, to be joyful, to express uh, enthusiasm. But then someone says, take all that away and be sad, be in the pit of despair and maintain that consistently while on camera for 20 to 30 some odd minutes. That's just got to be hard. It is. It is a bit tricky because the thing about grief is it's all consuming. You feel like your your world's falling apart. You feel like all joy has been sucked away from you and you just you don't feel in control about any of it. You feel very much like you're like 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 you're being controlled by it. Like you can you can't you can't do anything with it. And it's 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 a little hard. Yes. But I basically figured how would I react if I was told that someone close to me was killed? Well, I, I would be in shock. I wouldn't know what to do. I'd start to doubt my surroundings. And that's really what happens when you're when you're sad like that, because you don't feel like you can trust anything. You're just in shock perpetually for a while. I, I, I have been through that scenario in my head with my with my family. You know, I, I have a, a wife and three small children and I love them very dearly, and I worry about their well-being. And I have played out in my head, you know, the aftermath of something tragic happening. And it's never, it's never good. I want it to be positive, and I think we should strive to try and not be consumed by grief. But like you said, it can be so strong and so powerful, and uh, it it would be it'd be great if we could just sort of escape it. Be like, all right. Here's the light. Here's the path out. But uh, it is it is tricky and it is hard. Uh, but obviously you maintained your consuming grief. And the good thing is, is that there's not a real reason right now to have grief in your life. God willing. Yes. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> so uh, much, much more to be happy about, uh, especially as uh, things get back to normal in the world. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, now, Asher, I'm going to kick back to you again. Uh, you seem to have a particular knack for voices. Can you sort of really sort of expand upon that a little bit more? Definitely. Absolutely. Um, voices has been something I, I've always enjoyed doing. When I was in college, my voiceover coach um, explained, if you're going to do, um, like, if you're going to mimic somebody, you have to be perfect. You have to be perfect at doing those impressions. And I I didn't want to kind of go for that. I wanted to be more of a character actor. And I do a lot of uh, Dungeons and Dragons playing with friends, and mm -hmm. I do voices for that. Uh, as you can tell, I'm very much a nerd. <laughs> and uh, doing anything from just like the kind of the deep caterpillar voice to, I don't know, something a little bit more of a goblin is just exhilarating for me. It allows me to be things I can't be on camera that I can do with a microphone because you can't actually physically see me. Right, right, right. Michaela, uh, as a potential future screenwriter... Yes. What is your opinion on the importance of a good voice actor? Oh, I think a good voice actor is essential to making a story resonate with the audience because if a voice is flat or it's unemotional, it just doesn't carry through like it should. And I'm, I'm back onto the subject of anime. I think it's funny you were talking about anime, but I've recently become quite obsessed with the anime Full Metal Alchemist. Huh. And yes. it's considered one of the best English dubs. And I admire all the voice actors because they so embody the characters' personalities and their motivations and their emotions. And every time I watch it, I just think, gosh, they casted these characters perfectly. And so to answer your question in a very long roundabout way, I'd say it's a that a good voice actor is picked for the characters in a story because that's how you feel like the story is actually actually happening. I I completely agree with you, and I think what has been super has been that the audio theater has been working real hard on these virtual productions, and even they're not their virtual productions. Like there are other ones from for a couple of years now. They really invested in when they need the right voice. They take the time to cast to do rehearsals, to make sure that the person is going to accurately portray the character. And I think that they did a good job in the virtual productions. Like, I'm not, you know, I, I think Asher did a good job. I think you did a good job with your, with your role. Uh, it, it was because uh, you, you had to pull out a sort of a British accent there, right? I did, yes. Yeah. Uh, everyone in this production had to facilitate a British accent. <laughs> and they were pretty clear on that because other times I can tell you, because I've been involved with audio theaters since just about the beginning, and there's been times when they've pretty much said, you know, just skip the accent, don't try it, because if you can't do it well, then it's not worth doing it because it's going to yes. come through. And uh, I think we see that in movies a lot of times. People try to do accents vice versa and we see poor jobs of it but it was the best they could do yes it's, it's even worse yeah. when when they have to do an emotionally resonant moment and because of they're trying to pull off an accent that they're not used to at the same time it really detracts from the emotion and it, it makes it almost silly and that's why when one of the community theater plays i was in during my gap year between high school and college we did an agatha christie mystery and our director there told us don't do the accent because what i've noticed is people who aren't used to the accent haven't been trained in it they try to act through the accent and it detracts from their acting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right well um we're 
reaching the end here. So I want to give a chance for each of you to kind of give some kind of closing thoughts on your hopes for, you know, your, your future involvement with audio theater. So we'll offer again to uh, Michaela to kind of kick it off there. What are you, in spite of, you know, you want to go off, you do want to do screenwriting, but right now, audio theater, what are you hoping to sort of uh, get involved in? What would you hope maybe that they're going to do is something they haven't done yet? Well, I like how they're doing the older stories. I like how they're doing adaptations of things like Alice in Wonderland and and the Sherlock Holmes stories and G.K. Chesterton and, and George MacDonald. And, and I hope that they keep doing that. I, I would hope to keep auditioning for future weekly audio plays. Uh, I don't know what the what the uh, requirements are on directing a production, but I, I want to see if there are any opportunities there. Oh, too. sure, sure. I just I love even though I do want to go into writing, I, I w- would like to be versatile in the theater world. I would like to broaden my horizons, gain experience. I would like to improve my voice acting abilities. Like one of the things that impresses me about voice actors is how they can sound so different with one voice, but so convincing in the roles of these different characters, like these different anime English voice dub actors. Mm-hmm. They can sound so different, but they embody these different characters so well. That's really a very amazing talent. I, I agree with you. And I think Asher would probably agree with you, the importance of the <laughs> voice over talent being able to accurately portray the character, their emotions, who they are, what they represent, so that those who are watching or listening say, yeah, that is... That is uh, who I'm watching. That is who I believe them to be. Uh, Asher, uh, off to you. So uh, hopes for the future of audio theater and maybe what you might like to try and get involved in. Um, hopes for the future of working with them in general. Um, it's exciting on any projects they do, and I'm happy to work with almost anything. But if I had to pick a particular, um, I am very much into the big of the the fantasy genre. I like doing the creature voices, uh, creatures that aren't real of this world. I like to kind of break that barrier to create something that's not real and fancy. But then you hear it, you're like, wait, is that actually real? I'm hearing that voice. I'm kind of afraid of it in a way. I've always been told I look like that bad guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, play those type of characters I love when it comes to fantasy. Um, things I kind of want to branch out in. Uh, I'm going to sound like I'm copying uh, Michaela a little bit, but I've dabbled a little bit of writing um, and I've wanted to direct some things in the future as well. Again, I don't know the criteria, um, but I don't try to just, I try to focus on my craft, but also put out my arms and hands and see what else is there uh, in the world for me to pursue. I would say I'm so thankful to know that there are creative minded people like yourself that are out there in the world who not only are working on their own craft, but want to expand their own horizons uh, as a sake of, for the sake of sort of making yourself more versatile and uh, just making you overall a better content provider. Uh, I think when you expand your skill set, even if it's not the thing you're mostly interested in, I think it makes you a better performer. And I think that will continue to show in both of you, uh, wherever your paths go, voice acting, screenwriting, directing, uh, wherever that path leads. So I'm very excited for the both of you, wherever, wherever you know, uh, you are led in your own journey in life. Uh, I, I'm hopeful to see what great things the two of you will come up with. Uh, thank you both so much for taking some time to talk with me about uh, your, uh, your involvement in the virtual productions for WAB Audio Theater. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, Albert. <laughs> 
Thank you. Appreciate you having us here. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested at all in hearing uh, Alice in Wonderland, uh, the, the Sherlock Holmes story or the Father Brown, Eye of the Apollo story, uh, you could go to We're One Body Audio Theater's Facebook page, or you can go to their YouTube channel, We Are One Body Audio Theater, and you can look up the performances of these uh, wonderful virtual productions, as well as other virtual productions that we have done. And as always, visit our website, waobaudiotheater.org, for all the goods on all of this uh, material and more. Thanks so much for being with us, and we look forward to seeing you and hearing you or you hearing us on the table of content. Thanks so much. Peace.